This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message, Already in Progress. Well, greetings again, Harvest family and friends. Let's get right into the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, open them up quickly to John chapter 18, and we're going to read verses 33 through 36. John 18, 33 through 36. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again. He called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now, my kingdom is not from here. My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not from here. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you so much for your word today. We ask that you would speak to us through your word. We ask that Jesus Christ will be glorified and that he would be lifted up. And we pray, Father, that we would not only see him, but that we would believe on him. And believing on him, we would be saved. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen, amen, and amen. I want to talk for the next few moments on the subject, Kingdoms in Conflict. Something to consider when processing political unrest. Kingdoms in conflict. Something to process when considering, uh, something to consider when processing political unrest. Men and women, you are very familiar with the events of, of this week. But just to recap, USA Today puts it this way. How a Trump mob stormed the U.S. Capitol, forcing Washington into a lockdown. The article goes on to say a woman was shot and killed. Four others died as a pro-Trump mob battled police, broke into the U.S. Capitol, and swept through the halls of Congress. As a shocked nation watched on Twitter and TV, a pro-Trump mob battled police, broke into the U.S. Capitol, and sent members of Congress fleeing as lawmakers were counting electoral votes to confirm presidential, the presidential victory of Democrat Joe Biden. Now, five people are dead, including a U.S. Capitol officer. Many of the rioters came directly from President Donald Trump's Save America rally that began hours earlier on the, uh, at a park nearby the White House. Trump spoke to them for more than an hour, insisting that the election had been stolen. Our country has had enough, Trump said. We will not take it anymore. And that's what this is all about. To use a favorite term that all of you people really came up with, we will stop the steal. When he was finished, 
his supporters headed for the Capitol building. Men and women, that's shocking. It's shocking. It's distressful. It's, 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 it's hideous. It's, it's spurred a coup attempt. All of those things that you can think of happened, happened. But for me, as a gospel preacher and as your pastor, I'm thinking, is there a word from the Lord in this? Uh, how do we process this as Christians? What, what, how do we look at this? Well, I read an article uh, a day or so ago, and, and, and listen to what Rob Vischer says. Because so much of the Stop the Steal movement, which culminated in Wednesday's deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol, so much of it has been covered with a veneer of Christianity, I think our response has to include a dimension grounded in an authentic Christian understanding of the world. What he's saying is our response has to be have a Christian worldview, seeing the world through a gospel lens. He goes on to say, among the many heartbreaking images emerging from this week were the Jesus Saves banners being held by the rioters. Imagine that. Jesus Saves and they're being held by rioters entering the Capitol right alongside Confederate flags, nooses, Holocaust sweatshirts. This followed weeks of, 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 of Jericho marches, prayer meetings, rallies, all with the premise on the idea that God ordained Donald Trump to serve eight more years as president and that those who stood in the way were attempting to thwart God's will. It's almost as if these individuals were wrapping up Donald Trump, wrapping up America, wrapping that up uh, with a gospel veneer, with a belief in Christianity, thinking somehow that, that, that Donald Trump has to be God's man and that God has ordained this. And we have a duty to stop Joe Biden from being president. Now, this message is not right or left wing. This message has a good deal to do with being deceived. And men and women, we need to be very careful because I'm not knocking their sincerity. I'm just saying that there are times when we can be sincerely wrong, that we can be on the wrong side of things because we don't see that there are kingdoms in conflict. Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. Jesus' goal is not to, to decide which political party is best. Jesus' idea is far beyond this, this earth and this world that we live in. His kingdom is the kingdom of God. His kingdom is the kingdom of heaven. His kingdom is a kingdom that is not of this world. There's going to be a time where all of this passes away. And men and women, as we process things that are going on in the world, we have to have as a foundation those things that are true about the gospel. And in the next few minutes, I want to share three things that should shape our thinking. Three things that we need to consider as we process not just political unrest, but process uh, crisis in the world. But we've got to process them through a gospel lens. And when you do that,
you end up having this Christian worldview that gives comfort, that gives peace, that gives a sense of security because you know that God has it under control. And men and women, there is a word from the Lord today. I want to share what God has given me through His Word right here in John chapter 18. And if you're taking notes, it's very simple. I'm going to talk about three things centered around this incident, but three foundational truths about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And number one, I'm going to talk about sin. Number two, I'm going to talk about sovereignty. And number three, I'm going to talk about salvation. Number one, I'm going to talk about sin and the depravity of man. Listen to, to these, these verses about the depravity of man. The Scripture says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Psalm 51.5 Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good, who never sins. Jeremiah 17.9 The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? And then in Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In John chapter 18 verses 3 through 6, it says, Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus therefore, knowing all things would come upon him, went forth and forward and said to them, Who are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to him, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with him. Now, men and women, I don't know if you find this strange, but it always shocks me that a man who spent three years with Jesus would betray him. That a man who saw Jesus perform miracles would betray him. That a man who heard him teach, who saw him love people, who saw him have compassion, who saw that he was more than man, who knew that he was the Messiah, it always shocks me that he would betray Jesus. But that is the nature of our sin. And men and women, we need to be very, very careful. And very, very careful with saying things like, I could never do what Judas did. The, tr the truth is that I betray Jesus every day. I betray Him in my words. I betray Him in my thinking. Sometimes I betray Him in my feeling. And I certainly betray Him in our doing, in my doing. The depravity of man means that sin has affected every single area of my life. You need to be careful if you're the man or you're the woman who never questions what comes in their minds. You need to be uh, 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 very, very fearful and cautious of being the man or woman who never questions their feelings. You need to be very careful about whether or not people can tell you what you're doing is wrong and you listen. Men and women, we need to be very aware of our sinfulness. And I'm not sure our nation is aware of the depravity of man. I think that we actually think that if we're sincere about whatever we believe in, it somehow makes it right. 
Well, I'm here to tell you that homegrown terrorism is wrong. I'm here to tell you that Christian nationalism is wrong. White supremacy is wrong. Institutional racism is wrong. A rejection of democracy and a peaceful transfer of power is wrong. Violence is wrong. Rioting is wrong. And someone needs to call it out. And men and women, I believe because we, we, we did not call out and people did not listen to the rhetoric that kept going forward and forward and forward that caused and set the table for what happened on Wednesday. And men and women, I'm just going to use that as an illustration. There are things in our own lives that we see over and over and over again that we let go, that we don't realize at some point the chickens are going to come home to roost. Men and women, we need to beware. The Scripture says beware because your sins will find you out. Men and women, this case, the way I'm processing it, is that I need not be surprised because I understand the sinfulness of man. Glory of God. Judas was a man that spent time with Jesus, and yet his heart was filled with wickedness and with sin. We need to be careful, especially about saying things like, I will never do. Men and women, I'm processing this incident by thinking about sin. But not only that, I'm processing this incident by thinking about sovereignty. Sovereignty. Look at John chapter 18, verses 8 through 11. Jesus answered, Have I told you that I am He? Therefore, if you seek Me, let these go their way. He's talking to the soldiers about His disciples. That the saying might be fulfilled which He spoke of those uh, whom you gave Me, I have not lost I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servants uh, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into your sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Men and women, see the, the scene. Jesus is being arrested. Peter, who loves Jesus, who is zealous for Jesus, who wants to defend Jesus, who doesn't want this to happen, who feels like this is unjust and unrighteous, who feels like Jesus is is holy and, and this should not occur. He took matters in his own hands. He decided he would cut off uh, the high priest's servant's ear with, with a sword. And Jesus all of a sudden says, hey, wait a minute, Peter. Wait a minute. Hey, that's not how we're going to operate on this. He says to him, put your sword into your sheath. Put your sword away, Peter. And then he goes on to say, shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? What he was saying is, my father is sovereign. I know what's going on here. I'm supposed to go to the cross. This is supposed to happen. You are seeing with earthly eyes. I've been trying to tell you that I was going to be apprehended, that I was going to be flogged, that I would die on a cross, but you weren't listening. I'm in, my Father is in control of everything that's going on here. 
Permit even this, is how Luke puts it. Permit even this. And men and women, it seemed to me that those who were zealous about our president having another four years did not understand the sovereignty of God. God can put whoever he wants in. God can decide whoever he wants to lead. God can can use uh, uh, anyone he wants, anytime he wants, anywhere he wants, anyhow he wants, because he's sovereign. He is sovereign. He is in control of your life. He is in control of my life. He does what he wants, and we have no say-so. He allows whatever it is he allows. And so they were so consumed, just like Peter, taking matters in their own hands, that they forgot about the sovereignty of God. God is so sovereign that He can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. And men and women, we need to believe that. He's sovereign. He's sovereign over the political process. He's sovereign over our government. He's sovereign. And we have no control over what happens. We can try and be faithful, but God is going to have happen what He has ordained and, and, and decided to happen. And men and women, we, we, we need to have the same uh, thinking. That we need to, to, to think that, that hey, uh, 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 things are not out of control. God is still sovereign. The pandemic is not out of control. God is still sovereign. What's going on in your life is not out of control. God is still sovereign. Notice what the verse says. Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my Father has given me? He's sovereign. He's sovereign. Listen to these verses. Psalm 115 verse 3. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. Daniel 4.35 All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing and He does according to His will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay His hand or say to Him, What have you done? Isaiah 46.10 Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times things are not yet done saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Proverbs 21, 1. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Psalm 135, verse 6. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deeps. And then Psalm 103, verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Men and women, I'm processing this whole thing by understanding the depravity of man, that we are sinful. Understanding sin. Understanding how it operates. Understanding how deceptive it can be. But not only that, I'm processing this by understanding how sovereign God is. That God is in control. And I'm not going to lose sight of that because whenever I do, I'm subject to the same kind of behavior. I'm subject to trying to take matters in my own hands. I'm subject to trying to go on my own and doing things that are not in God's will. But lastly, 
I'm processing sin. I'm processing sovereignty. But I'm also processing salvation. And that salvation is in Jesus. Notice what verse 33 through 36 says again. Pilate entered the praetorium, called Jesus, said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you concerning me? Pilate said, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered in verse 36, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. The the, the kingdom that, that Jesus is talking about and the kingdom of men on earth are in conflict. And Jesus said, I do not have to fight because if my kingdom were of this world, then my followers would fight. My followers would take up the sword. My followers would struggle. My followers would do that. But no, my kingdom is not of this world. And men and women, I believe that that's what these protesters forgot. I believe that that this Christian nationalism, where we wrap up uh, Christianity and the American flag here. So men and women... We need to step outside of that and become kingdom people, to become kingdom citizens, to look at our time here in the United States of America as ambassadors and not our original home. Men and women, we will leave here and we will go to heaven if we belong to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. He went on to say, my kingdom is not uh, from here. And so men and women, we need to remember that. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Men and women, they, they, they were sincere, but they were sincerely wrong. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 says, There is one God, There's one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Matthew 4.17 says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom has come near. Men and women, our prescription, our prescription is when there is sin, there's to be an accompanying repentance. Where there is sovereignty, there ought to be a kneeling and a humbling ourselves before Almighty God. In salvation, we must declare that Jesus Christ is the way, the only way, that Jesus Christ is the truth, the only truth. And that Jesus Christ is the life, the only life. And the way I'm processing this is the way that I process it whenever something like this happens in our world or in our nation or in our city. And the way I process it is through Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. 
if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. The writer says this. He says, if my people, God's people, the church, those who belong to Jesus Christ, if my people, those who call on the name of Jesus, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, will humble themselves and pray, will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, will humble themselves and acknowledge their sin, will humble themselves and say, I've been sincerely wrong, will humble themselves and say, I, 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 I was going the wrong way. I believed the wrong thing. I have been deceived. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, not political power's face, not democratic face, not a republican face, not, not, not a movement face, but to seek his face, but to seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. We need to see that their kingdoms in conflict, that there's Jesus, Jesus and his kingdom. And then there are the kingdoms of men, that there is a Christian worldview that there is a gospel worldview. And then there is a worldly worldview. There is a natural worldview. There is a pagan worldview. Men and women, I ask that you would consider processing what has happened, the events that have happened in, in, in our nation's capital with, with a Christian worldview to say that this goes back to the gospel because the root of it is sin. That it goes back to the gospel. That God is still sovereign among men. And that it goes back to the gospel. That Jesus Christ is the only one who can save. Men and women, that's just a picture this past Wednesday of what goes on in individual lives. In individual lives, many of us have had or are having internal riots. Our minds are racing with all kinds of things. Our emotions have gone haywire. Our lives have run amok. We've, we, we've got a void there that we feel like we can fill it up ourselves and we figure out we were sincere, but we were sincerely wrong. I would encourage you to confess your sin today. I would encourage you to say, Lord Jesus, I've been going the wrong way. I've been trying to meet my own needs. I've been trying to satisfy my own desires. I've been trying to meet my own wants. Lord, I need your life in me. I need the security that you provide. I need the fruit that comes from having you in my life. I need the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, and the kindness and the goodness. I need that in my life. Lord, I confess that I've been trying to get it on my own but I've been sincerely wrong. 
and then say, Lord Jesus, I knew you were sovereign when you had Jesus go to the cross. I knew that he died a sinner's death to pay the penalty that I rightly deserve. I knew that. I know that you were sovereign enough to send Jesus for me. And lastly, I put all of my faith and trust in him. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. I believe that he rose from the dead. I believe that he is God wrapped up in human flesh. I believe that he has a kingdom of which one day I want to live. I want Jesus in my life. You can simply pray, Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life and make me the kind of person you want me to be. Pray that prayer. It's on the screen. And I ask that you would place all of your faith, all of your trust, all of your hope, all of your confidence in Jesus Christ. Kingdoms in conflict. I process what happened Wednesday through the foundations of the gospel because I'm asking the Lord to give me a gospel Christian worldview. I'm praying that for you as well. In Jesus' name, God bless you.